0: Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. So excited that you're spending time with us today. Thank you so much. We've got an amazing guest, probably the most special guest on the podcast. No pressure. We have the amazing Ange DeFalco, who works with me across all of our programs here at Liam Caswell Coaching. Ange, say hello.
1: Hi, Liam. And everyone. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so happy and excited to have you here and we've got so much to talk about but before we dive in I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Ange while she takes a deep breath and settles in to be on the podcast. So Ange, I actually joined the LCC team in 2022, um, earlier this year, and she brings with her 20 years of diverse acute and subacute clinical experience working across Melbourne and Perth in areas such as acute medicine, surgery, orthopedics, vascular urology, day surgery, cardiac care, and emergency department. You've been busy And, and holds your registration as both an advanced skills enrolled nurse and a registered nurse. First EN on the podcast, I believe to my knowledge. So excited about this. Ange has worked for recruitment agencies and participated on recruitment panels for advanced skills, enrolled nursing roles, to name but a few. In early 2022, Ange found herself a little bit lost and misaligned in her career, feeling a bit stuck, and actually joined our Clinical Career Accelerator program and worked with moi. Now, Ange works actually with us as supporting mentoring, and coaching our nursing clients through their exciting career changes. Angie's job within LCC Coaching is to use our skills, attention for detail and coaching to empower and to help you succeed no matter what. That's a good bio. <laughs> I love it. So tell us, let's start at the very beginning. Tell us about your experiences as a graduate and coming into the world as an EN. Tell us about that.
1: So I don't know if I've ever mentioned it to you, Liam. I actually started my nursing career at, straight after uni doing my registered nursing, but never completed it.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So
1: back in Melbourne, back in those days, if you had two years of your registered nursing, you could sit an exam and do an assignment and become an EN. That's mm-hmm.
0: what I did. Okay. Amazing.
1: Yes. So I worked, I didn't do a great program, did agency though, through, mm-hmm. I don't think they're around anymore. And I did ED work at Sunshine and Footscray Hospitals.
0: Amazing. So you finished, got your ENs and then you went straight into agency working. Yes. So many people at the moment would be like, what? Is that even possible? (laughs) Tell us about that. What was that like?
1: It was scary. The agency I joined, though, worked with me. They knew I was a brand new out nurse and they were quite supportive. So the agency I joined in Melbourne is the same agency I joined here in Perth when I moved to Perth. And when I got to Perth, it was the same deal. We'll support you every step of the way. If there's any issues at the hospital that you're working at, just give us a call. They were literally up the road. I was Mm. mainly at RPH. And if there was any issues, they would come out if I had any issues. So they were really supportive in that regard. But I also found the wards that I would go to, that showing up, being honest and Mm. saying, hey, I'm a newbie, I may need a bit of help. People were quite accommodating to that.
0: And yeah. The
1: staff yeah. development nurses, the more senior staffs were really receptive to that.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that so much. I can imagine as an EN, that would be super like EN, RN, AIN, RUSON, whoever you are, that would be super confronting. And it is much harder now based on the work that we do. Like we see people struggling to even get agency work as a student, as an AIN, as an EN and an RN as well. So that would have been super confronting. But what did it give you? Like what did you learn being an EN? an agency, Ian, like that early in your career?
1: Well, first of all, I love the flexibility. Pick my shifts. Yeah. That was amazing. It taught me patience, really, not knowing where things were. (laughs) You just learn to look in all the nooks and crannies. But it really taught me, yeah, resilience.
0: That's amazing. I love that.
1: Kindness, I suppose, to when we get on the board that I work on now, like when we get our agency casual staff that haven't worked just Orientating them, even showing them where the staff room is and the bathroom, mm.
0: simple <laughs> things like that. You do have much more empathy and compassion for how hard it is to come into a new workplace every day as an agency nurse and to just slot in. Like that's a skill set in itself. I think a lot of people think, oh, here's the agency nurse, especially maybe if it was somebody earlier on in their career, right? Because there's a, a misconception that we don't have skills, we don't have everything that we need. But in fact, like really, like you're there and as an agency nurse, you do just learn to slot in and pick up and run with that. And you get really creative and really, you know, working with all the team to deliver the care. It's a huge challenge and it can be really confronting for you as a agency worker coming in every day. It's very mentally taxing. Is that what you find? Like, it's like you have to shapeshift every day. You have to be like, do I do this? Do I do that? What's the policy say here? What are your thoughts on that? Yes.
1: Yeah, so it is challenging to, one, not I think now is a bit different when you do agency work. You kind of know ahead of time what ward mm. you're going to. But when I did it, it was very much you rock up, you go to the staff allocations and you get sent wherever. Sometimes you'd rock up to the ward, you're not supposed to be here, and off you go to somewhere else. <laughs> so that was challenging. And I think not being part of a, te- well, you didn't feel like you were part of a team unless you were mm. going to the same regular ward all the time, which in my case, That's how I landed a full-time job at the hospital I work at at the moment.
0: Yeah. Before we dive into that, I'd love to just tap into the fact from a coaching perspective, right? Like we see it all the time, but there's so much anxiety. There must be so much anxiety. And I know when I was an agency RN, this is what I experienced when you do go into new areas every day and you have to get really used to kind of operating from that place because you just don't know and you could do an hour of your work on one ward and then they need to shift you to another ward and it can be all up in the air all day long is that your experience
1: yeah just being adaptable though I think is one of the qualities that you need to be able to do your agency work or casual work even it's the same you get to go to all the different places
0: yeah What did you find were some of the challenges as an EN, being an EN, comparing Um, the RN? Well,
1: comparing EN, so when I came over from EN from Melbourne to here, a scope of practice for ENs in Melbourne was, so we med-competent and IB-competent. ENs over here at the time weren't med-competent or Mm IB-competent. That was something that they brought out. I think it was 2003, 2004.
0: Right. Yeah. That was
1: one of the challenges. My scope of practice was, I felt, reduced, diminished type thing. I think that was probably the main one.
0: And you, just for everybody listening, Angie's in, we won't give you our full address, but she's in, <laughs> she's in WA. So moved from Melbourne to WA many years ago. So you are in Perth and you started working at a hospital as an agency nurse, and then you got offered a role. Is that right? Talk us through yeah. how that came about because people don't believe that this happens.
1: It happened. I got offered a role on a medical unit at the time, very heavy <laughs> medical <laughs> unit. I think it was at the time it was six patients to one nurse wow. for a morning shift. Yeah. And it was a ward that I enjoyed working on. I enjoyed the culture. A lot of the nurses I still am in contact with today. And it was a one of the first places where I felt where I was taken under people's or more experienced nurses under their wing type thing. Mm -hmm. I had amazing mentors, and I learned so much being on that ward. Clinically, professionally, my time management skills excelled on that ward. They had to.
0: to (laughs) Non-negotiable.
1: Literally. Even uh, as an agency nurse going there, it's a six-hour shift, so you had to provide your care within only six hours for six Mm. patients.
0: So hard. So difficult. Very hard. I imagine you probably stayed late a few times, to be fair. Like, I know that. Um, I was, oh, were you good?
1: I was pretty good, actually.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not good with that. stuff. <laughs> I'm usually but
1: the one I, that's the I one worked with no really amazing nurses, though. It was a fantastic team. A lot of senior staff that would just get in and help.
0: Yeah, that makes such a difference. And lots of people listening might be thinking, my team doesn't do, like, you know, like a lot of people don't experience the seniors coming in step and stepping in and helping out. And I think people undervalue how much that is so important, not just from a helping perspective, like culture, teamwork, and then how people experience the workplace. Clearly, it was something that you remember and something that I uh, really had a positive impact on you.
1: Yeah, to the point when they offered the job, it was like, okay, I wanted set days. I got offered set days yeah. Yeah. and morning shift only, which was negotiable. Amazing.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. So fast forward to your RNs. You did your EN to RN conversion. I did. Talk us through what that was like.
1: It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I worked full-time nights. I've got two kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I did some semesters I would do full-time uni, other semesters, depending on what the workload for the unit, it would be dependent on whether or not I did full-time semester.
0: Yeah, wow. That's a lot. So placement, juggling Place my life, yes, family can, life. <laughs>
1: I think juggling everything. Yeah. I think for 18 months or two years, I did not have a holiday. All my annual leave was used for placements.
0: Mm, Yeah. That's one of the challenges, right? People have to give up their annual leave. It's insane.
1: I used my long service leave.
0: Oh, wow. Oh my yeah. goodness. That's good effort. That's commitment, folks, right there. Commitment. So talk us through like, what did you find most challenging in the transition from EN to RM? Was there anything in particular for anybody listening that's thinking of doing it, that's sitting on the fence? Like, would you recommend it? Was there anything super challenging?
1: I think for me, I always thought as an EN at the hospital that I work at, you get put into a lot of team leader roles. For me, it was, I'm already doing the work. Yeah. Why not? be recognized for it in a monetary value, but also I can move forward if I want to kind of, I can move into a a clinical nurse role. I could, you know, eventually apply for a nurse unit manager role if I wanted to. That for me is, that was my driving force. Yeah, I was kind of stuck in my career. I couldn't really move forward. And that was really what prompted me Mm. to finish it, Mm. to go back and, and do it.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Because I often see this, I saw this when I was in the system that, you know, it's like, oh, we're so highly skilled and there were amazing clinicians, but there's a ceiling and, you know, then it just stops. Right. And you, you can't move forward. You need to go and get this bit of paper. It's probably the only time that I'm like, get the qualification, you need it to move forward. If you want to build your career, if you're very content where you are and you're happy with your scope, run with it. The RN's not really going to add a great deal to that. Would that be fair? Would you agree with that?
1: I agree with that. Uh, So I did my, and I've was fortunate enough to secure a position as an RN on the ward that I've worked on. Mm. So my actual career hasn't changed. Like my role hasn't changed. Just that little designation when I started. Yeah. Yeah. Which, mind you, took me ages to get used to. <laughs> I
0: bet it did. And not only that, a change of color or uniform, maybe? Do you have different, uh, no. different colors? No, same?
1: ENs, yeah, Ian's, have got the same. They've still got the white band. It's just, instead of saying registered nurse across yeah. here, it says advanced skills and enrolled nurse.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So when you got your RN position, a lot of people don't believe this happens either. So a lot of people think once you've done your ENs and you do your RNs, you've got to then do a graduate year. What do you no. say to
1: that? No, you don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we love to break the rules here.
1: I didn't want to do a graduate position. I felt not that you don't ever stop learning in nursing. I just felt the grad program was not for me. Yeah. I was very, I am still happy on the ward that I work on. And I just didn't feel the need to to do emergency. Emergency nursing is not for me. Mm. I did it in Melbourne. Not, it's not for me. I was told maybe ICU again. I don't think that's for me. Yeah. So I was quite happy to stay where I'm at.
0: And what did that look like for people listening? Because people often message me and say, hey, Liam, like I'm I'm a mature age student. I've come in, I've done my ENs and then I just don't want to do an RN grad program. How did that come about for you?
1: It was literally just waiting for the RN position pool to open up. And I applied with a cover letter, selection criteria that I addressed. And I actually put in my cover letter that I wanted to stay on the ward that I was working on.
0: Amazing. Super easy. And it just happened.
1: And it just happened.
0: Yeah. Just transition E-N to R-N. And this is what happens most of the time, right? People, I think, make it very complicated because we're told through the system, through the uni, through the TAFE, you've got to do this. There's a process you must follow it, but we do like to break the rules here. Funny
1: that you say that because a lot of my lecturers used to say that you you need to do a graduate program, even to my like even to me. And I was like, I don't want to do a graduate program.
0: Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. And it's not required. It's totally not required. So I love that you did that. And I love that this is where you've ended up because this is what we talk about every day now in our coaching practice, for sure. So fast forward and tell me a little bit more about feeling a little bit stuck and coming to the CCP and talk to me about that. That maybe just the awareness around like feeling stuck and what's was happening. For
1: so i have on the back of a shoulder injury. I felt stuck. I felt I didn't know what. I thought, num CN, I'd already had an acting CN position. I think it was three months after I graduated. I secured a CN, acting CN position on the ward mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure what direction. So I saw your little <laughs> thing pop up on my email. I'm like, yes, that's me. I feel stuck. And when I say I feel stuck, it wasn't that because I'm unhappy with the culture mm-hmm. on the ward or the people that I work with. It was just something internally I just didn't know what direction to go in. Now, I've, done, I've invested this money, invested time doing my registered nursing. What's it for, basically? Why? And that's what prompted me to book that call with Liam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did, and I joined the CCAP. And I it was the best thing I've ever done. Found out my career why. Found mm. out, you know, we talk about like my shoulder injury could be perceived as an, and yes, it's a pain but it's also been a positive. I've been an extra person or an extra set of hands on the ward. And it's really shown me what I'm passionate about, which is teaching and mentoring undergrads, grads, junior nurses. I absolutely love it and excel in it. Well, yeah. I think I, ex- I hope.
0: of course you know this is a performance review live on air no i'm joking no i love that so much and it was such fun working with you in the ccap and what really was great was that i could see each week like the implementation of the self-coaching a big part of our programs for everybody listening is learning how to self-coach and really took this under a wing and ran with it and could see how it could apply to all aspects of your life, right? Not just your career. And I think people think that they're coming into the CCAP or the GCLP or our application support program, and they just think, oh, it's all about career. But we like want to get to know who you are and what you want and what you need. And that's what we lead with. And then we make the career stuff work around that. Hey beautiful nurses, the time has come. We are launching a high performance nursing membership. This is a one-stop shop for all of your life and career coaching, mentorship, support, guidance, needs. It is gonna have everything that you could possibly think of and more to help you thrive within your career. After all, you truly deserve to be invested in and it was for me one of the biggest challenges of being a nurse was never having a place to turn to to get the support that I needed to thrive, grow, explore and be curious about what was possible for me. If you are curious about what is possible for you in your nursing career, you must come and join our HPN membership waitlist. The link is in the bio. You will get access to early birds entry into our program and you will get all of the support that you truly need and deserve to become the best human first and nurse second. So we will see you in the HPN membership. So when you came in, that was a big component of it was self-coaching. Tell us a little bit about your experience with coaching. Was it something you were new to and what did you think about
1: it? It's not something that I've new to. I've always been aware of coaching, but it was something that I've perhaps been a little bit resistive to. For me, the coaching aspect career-wise was fantastic, but applying it into my everyday life. So a- applying... You know, my shoulder's just a circumstance. Mm. It's how I make it feel. My thought behind it is what is driving my feelings. Mm. So just switching all of that mindset around, I apply it to the kids. (laughs) (laughs) And it just changed my perspective. Like I stopped being grumpy (laughs) at Mm. home because I was very short. Like obviously feeling stuck has got a snowball effect. Mm. Without you even noticing it, you start becoming, it, it filters into your everyday life. Basically, yeah. that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. And then once I started it, and I think I started with one module and I didn't want to put it down. I just, I think I did a whole heap mm. one after the other.
0: Yeah.
1: And I could just, I could just see the benefit yeah. relevant to career, but to everyday life, which for me was amazing and still is transformational. Mm. It's mm. been an amazing journey yeah. since I did the CCOP.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, and obviously, I'm biased, but I think that it is the missing piece in the system. I think having gone through a very similar process to you and to people listening, the missing piece is the self awareness piece about like, what is it that you really want in your career in your life. And many people don't stop and even ask that of themselves. We just are on the rat race. We're on that hamster wheel. and We just keep turning and turning. And we just end up having all these symptoms in our life, right? Where we're just misaligned. Like for me, it was, you know, my hair was falling out. Like I was super stressed. I was overweight, had gut issues. My skin wasn't like all of the things I was self-neglecting, right? So anybody that's listening, that's hearing any of those things or can resonate with what myself and Andrew are talking about, know that you might potentially be a misaligned in your career. And it's a good place to just stop and check in even just come and have a chat to us and we can explore what that looks like for you because it is just so important we only live once like we're here for you know a good time and work is just a small part of it even though we talk about it a lot on the podcast and on socials it's really about you and improving your life and being an example of what's possible for you in your life right so like let's fast forward to now where you know, when you joined the CCAP, I'm sure you probably never thought, oh, I'm going to be working online and helping all of these amazing graduates across the country land multiple interviews and multiple job offers. So tell us about that and joining Liam Caswell Coaching.
1: Definitely. I didn't even think that this was possible, to be honest. I absolutely love doing the work that I'm doing at the moment. I've got. A bit- Bit of both worlds so clinical plus i do this at home but I, I love the engagement with the gclp clients or any of our or any of the clients really and the growth mm. and the mindset that they develop as well and it's just an amazing thing to see people grow in their journey
0: it's so good isn't it and just having an yeah. impact through a camera on your computer so at home as a nurse and obviously Ange makes an income from this it's not voluntary work so to be able to make money right from home like who would have thought when I started nursing 11 years ago in the UK I would never have ever thought that this was what my life would be but it's totally possible and it's so exciting to have you on board with this what would you say are some of your highlights so far based on like the clients that we've been working with?
1: Highlights, I think one of the best highlights is the the feedback, the emails that we get, like, I did this and this and this, or thank you so much for your help. Don't really get that, bedside nursing. (laughs) We do sometimes, (laughs) but we usually get the other end of, you know. So that was one of the big highlights and also learning, learning, you know, uh, how to develop a selection criteria, how to do your cover letters. So I'm doing something that I enjoy doing, but I'm also learning a lot being on a podcast.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Pushing your boundaries. Yeah. Pushing your
1: boundaries, doing all the videos that I sent to the different clients. Like I never would have thought in my little head that I could possibly do that, but that comes from like pushing your boundaries, but Mm. you can only do that when you've got the correct mindset behind
0: it totally. Yeah, because there's so much risk, right? And I think this is what people forget is like, this is totally new. Like, you work in the hospital, you're an amazing clinician, right? You've got all these amazing experiences. But then I'm like, hey, come, you know, come work for us, like come and help us support our grads and our application support and our CCAP clients. And um, it's a totally different world. And it requires you to be willing to fail. And like, you know, and to take huge risk. And it's an amazing testament to like your mindset and the growth and all of the things that you've been doing for yourself, because when we can lean into it and we can just fail and be like, oh, well, (laughs) like, and you know, I fail. like there's things that I do every day that I'm like, oops, (laughs) today I didn't send something to Ange that I should have sent her much earlier in the day. And it's like, oh, well, you know, and we just learn from it. And I think that's what's really powerful in the work that we do is that we can like adopt that mindset. Whereas in nursing, sometimes it's like, oh, you failed, like you're in trouble and there's a problem or like, you can't take risks because it is too risky with the patients. And we've kind of been conditioned to believe that we can't do those things. So it's super exciting to have you on board and supporting all of our grads, our grads, like, cause most of the work that we've been doing is in the GCLP and our grads across the country are landing interviews left right and center and just been supporting them through loom videos Like you get into the gclp you get comprehensive support from both of us from start to finish until you land a job what do you think are some of the things that people might need to hear to consider coaching with us in any of our programs like what would you tell somebody that's sitting on the fence it's like "Mm, i'm curious but i don't know what would you say to them
1: i suppose from my perspective a lot of people think coaching i think woo woo kind of stuff it's practical you can apply it to everyday life like if you want to apply it just to your career amazing Mm -hmm. but you can bring it across all aspects of your life simple even on the ward doing education on the ward is something that I would have like really become nervous about oh my goodness I have to do a presentation please don't make me do one since I joined the CCAP impromptu education is like yep okay let's talk about this and I don't even have to make a PowerPoint presentation. It's just like, okay, a bit of education, see a need or a deficit. Mm. Let's get a group of people together and let's talk about it. Let's see how we can improve. Yeah. So that's one other thing that you can apply it to everyday life, not just your Mm. career.
0: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like we're both proof of that, right? In the sense that we use, I use self-coaching every day. And I think that like as an entrepreneur and building a business, it's impossible to not manage your mind if you don't manage your mind you don't have a business right you, you can't because there's people that say no there's rejections there's you know applications that don't do as well for some people that we work with and that just happens. So we've got to have the resilience and the mindset and the ability to self-coach and I love what you say there about how it applies clinically because I can see that as a nurse unit manager if I knew how to self-coach when I was in that role like the multiple human rights commission complaints would just be a circumstance in my life. And I was making them mean that I was a bad manager, right? And like, I get to reclaim all of that. Definitely not (laughs) woo-woo. It's just how the world works. And when you see it, you can't unsee it. And that's what a lot of our grads or application support and CCA people that come in and invest in themselves, they see that for a long time, typically we've been running these stories that just are not serving us anymore. So I'm so glad that that's what you got out of it. It's amazing. I am curious about when we're working together, obviously we try and have lots of fun. Right. Like we try and have a bit of fun in the coaching calls and usually in the grads specific coaching call there's a bit of mischief happening in there and uh, everybody's a little bit sassy what are some of the things that you really enjoy in those calls when we're doing the group coaching with the graduates bearing in mind that yesterday we recorded a interview of me being interviewed by 10 graduates and asking me really hard questions basically to give them the experience that full experience of the interview process as a panel member what do you think you know is most beneficial for people when they come to coaching like that?
1: When they come to coaching like that, not only do you get the coaching, right, from from yourself, from mm. me, but you get perspective from the other group members. It's not just one person coaching or another person. It's everybody putting in their thoughts or their experiences. And it's not so much telling people what to do, but it's asking questions so people mm. will come to the realization of, oh yeah, this is what I want to do.
0: That's such a good point. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, a lot of people think coaching is mentoring and it's not. Mentoring is like, hey, and you want to do this, you should take this path and you should do X, Y, and Z. But coaching is about us creating space for you as a human first no second and we allow you to just explore what's going on in your mind in a really safe space with absolutely no judgment because often I think a lot of us think oh my god I'm the only person that has these cray cray thoughts (laughs) and nine times out of ten no we're all having them right about the same situation and we want to look at those thoughts and then just see what we're creating in our life based on those thoughts that we're having about a certain situation so that's such an important point that you made there around the questioning and the coaching, because a lot of people come to coaching and they think that they don't have the answer. Right. And you and I both sit there kind of like smirking a little bit (laughs) because we're like, you do, you've got it. it. We've just got to find it and kind of excavate it and explore it and allow yourself to just maybe accept that you've had it all along. Right. I think a lot of people come to us and think that we have the answer, but no, we help you the answer and then we help you determine if that's the right path for you so i love that so much we do have lots of fun and i'm so excited about how we are going to grow and evolve moving forward anybody that's listening you get access to both of us when you join any of our programs and we've got so much in store for the future of high performance nursing i coaching and all of the things. And this will not be Angie's only soiree onto the podcast. <laughs> She'll be coming in the future as she rolls around. Before we wrap up, I'd love you to share your career why. We do a lot of work on this in all of our programs, and we think that it's super important. So tell us your career why and tell us why it drives you to do what you do today.
1: My career why, funnily enough, is my family. Mm. So I did night shift. Or even before I had kids actually but majority of while I had kids I did night shift full-time nights and I just knew that it's not sustainable so I did my registered nursing while on nights mm. with the vision of hopefully coming off them onto days which I managed but that's my career why is my children and my family I want to be able to work around them I want to be able to make all the sporting events and just be there when they need me to yeah. be able to pick them up if they unwell at school which happens a lot.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. But that's
1: that's my, my main career why. is my, yeah. my kids, my family, my husband.
0: Yeah. Life by design, you know, building yeah. your career around your life. Like this concept, Angie and I were coaching a couple of people today and this concept comes up all the time. And it really is like, what do you want your life to look like? And then build your career around it. And here's the funny thing. You've created that for yourself. How amazing is that? You know, in doing the work that you do and working clinically, you've gifted that to yourself. So love your work there and love the career. Why? And thank you so much for your time. Very excited about working with you moving forward. Make sure that you give us some love and approach us on social media and let us know what you think of this episode and getting to know, Ange and what the work that we do here at the high performance nursing name, because we're coaching with multiple names and yeah, we will see you in the next episode and thank you so much for your time thank stay you. safe and stay forever curious. Everybody see you in the next episode. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode please take a wee minute to leave a review it would mean the absolute world to me if you are ready to start taking action in your career and you need some support why wait come and join my private facebook community the link is in the show notes below within the community we take what we discuss in this podcast and we put it into action Currently, I am looking for nurses who are ready to stop playing small and invest in themselves to create the life and the career they want to live. If that sounds like you, then please get in touch. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay forever curious, my nursing friends.